Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of The Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series, where we are talking to entrepreneurs and CEOs all about their epic business blunders. And with us uh, in the hot seat today is the uh, founder and CEO of Green Pal, Brian Clayton. Brian, welcome to the show. Matt, great to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, it's a privilege, man. It's always great to have a, a very interesting business like yours on the show. Uh, so let's do that now. Uh, Brian, what's the elevator pitch for for GreenPal? What exactly are you guys up to over there? Yeah, GreenPal is an app that is kind of like Uber, but for lawn mowing. So if you're a homeowner and you need to have your lawn mowed, rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or something like that, you just download GreenPal, pop your address in, and you hire somebody to cut your grass right to the app. Even if it's five feet tall, you can get somebody to mow your yard the same day on GreenPal. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, we were just saying, like, it's interesting how the simple ideas are the ones that seem to scale, you know, as I think as as entrepreneurs, or I know a lot of startup founders, and everyone's romanced by the shiny thing, you know, right, the sexy right. cool thing. I mean, GreenPal is not AI enabled, but it's a great business. You know what I mean? So you don't have to have AI to have a great business. So I think that's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I feel like uh, for me, a couple things. If 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 you're uh, if you're building a business from scratch, you can choose to be selling vitamins or sell painkillers. And I think if you're selling painkillers, it's going to be a little bit easier than if you're selling vitamins. And so for us, you know, if your grass is two, three feet tall and growing, and you've had three lawn guys flake on you, you just download Green Pal and problem solved. Painkiller. Yeah, it's this time saving thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and uh, and the other thing, that, the other theme that that. I've noticed in the last 22 years of, of being in business is the least glamorous, least alluring, least sexy your idea, the greater your chances can be for success because not everybody is chasing that industry. Not everybody's chasing that opportunity. So if you can, mm -hmm. if you can focus on the things that not everybody else wants to work on, then, then mm -hmm. that, that makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yep. Beautiful stuff. So uh, Brian, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this series. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Oh, you know, the hardest part is choosing which story. But uh, one that one that I'll never forget is uh, my first business was a landscaping company, built it up and sold it. And after I sold it, I thought I knew everything there was to know about about business and getting a business going. And I had the idea for GreenPal. And I, I thought, well, I don't know how to code. I've never built software before. I've never built a website. Um, so, But I know business and I know how to run a landscaping company. And, and that's the hard part. But I can just pay somebody to do the coding. I can pay somebody to, to do the development of the app. And so that's what I did. Uh, my my co-founder and I, we, we uh, pulled our money together and we, we had the idea for GreenPal and we paid a development shop $150,000 of our own cash to build what we thought GreenPal should be. And it uh, took them like nine months and uh, they were working on this thing and, and like we, they, they got it done. And, and we released it into the wild and it was dead on arrival. It was a total unmitigated failure. Did not have the features it needed. It was clunky, buggy. The vision of pushing a button and somebody come mow your yard for you, it did not fulfill. And so uh, I learned a very painful lesson that if you're going to be in the tech business, uh, you're going to need to learn how to build tech. You're going to need to learn how to write software. You're going to need to learn how to code. And so my co-founders and I had to like take a step back and, and, uh, and, and learn how to build software. Went to online boot camps, uh, every class on YouTube that you could imagine and, and taught ourselves how to build software and rebuilt the whole thing from scratch uh, while learning how to code. 
And I think the lesson learned was that you 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 can't ever delegate anything unless you have like an 80-20 mastery of it. If you ever try to delegate from abjuration, which is like, I don't know how to do this. You go handle it. It scares me. I don't want to learn how to, to do it. You go handle it. Anytime you try to delegate from that type of position, it usually is going to blow up in your face because that's that's the way I've experienced it. That's awesome. So, Brian, what uh, what else sort of stands out for you as a key lesson that you now take forward into the business today? Like, what would you do differently and why? Yeah, so um, I think anytime I'm trying to uh, build my team, I'm trying to launch a new initiative, I'm trying to uh, improve something in the business, me as the person driving it forward needs to get into the weeds and get dangerous for whatever it is. And it, like, for instance, chat GPT and AI right now, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't want to learn another, a new thing. I don't want to learn prompt engineering. I don't want to learn, I don't want to learn what language models are, but now I'm having to retool because uh, we, our content team is now leveraging AI. And, and, and now, now I kind of need to know what, what, how AI works and, and how language models work and, and how you can leverage this tool to run faster and do more things with less people. And so that's just an example happening today where me as a CEO, even though our team is like 50 something people, I'm having to go back and take online courses, watch things on YouTube, um, you know, take courses on Udemy around how AI works and how we can leverage it inside of our, our organization and not just say, hey, product manager or content marketer or social media marketer, uh, go sprinkle some AI on this. Like that never works. You have to have an 80-20 uh, mastery of whatever the hell it is you're trying to do. Uh, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be like a domain uh, pro at it, but you have to have just enough knowledge to be dangerous, to be able to drive the decision making and drive the improvement. Absolutely. Uh, Brian, what's your advice to other CEOs or entrepreneurs right now in terms of the importance of failing or failure in becoming successful? Yeah, you know, I think who said it? Bill Gates might have said it, that, that success is a horrible teacher. Everybody knows that. You know, you never learn anything when everything is going well, <laughs> you know, and, and in fact, it's dangerous because then you think, you know, uh, it was kind of like me selling my first company. I, I thought I knew everything there was to know. And, and, and as it turns out, I didn't know the first thing on how to start a tech company. And so that failure is what like put my back against the wall and forced me to level up and become better. So it's, it's, it's trite and, it, and nobody wants to hear it, but it's the failures is, is where you learn. And, and every major failure I've ever gone through in my life and in business, every time five years later or less, I was glad it happened because I always look back and say, that was the thing that caused me to take the business down to the studs and rebuild it the right way. And, and there's this weird like psychological thing where like the person uh, going through pain and going through some turmoil is actually in a better position than the person who is in like a state of comfort because the person who's in a state of comfort is nowhere near making any sort of moves to get better. Whereas the person that's in turmoil is. And mm. so if you can remind yourself of these things, it can help, you know, cope when you're going through them. Uh, but that's what I always try to tell myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brian, what would you say has been the biggest failure? I mean, I know there was the development one, but when you think about screen pal, what it stands out for you as like the biggest failure that, you know, that you've experienced on this particular journey? 
Yeah, the, well, the biggest failure stemmed uh, from the first failure. So, so uh, coming out the gates, um, sold my first business. I want to like just put some money to work and build the thing. So I hire, I, de- I delegate to somebody. They they waste a year and and like all of our seed money, and uh, and and so then I got the scars from that. And so now it's like oh, I'm like I'm not doing that again. And and so so I'm learning how to build software. My co-founders are too. And then the next mistake we made, uh, or the next failure we experienced was we waited too long then to delegate. And so it's like we delegated too quickly and then we delegated too late. Mm. So then it was like four years of us doing everything ourselves: writing code, writing blog posts, doing social media, doing Google content uh, creation, doing customer support, do- doing bug fixes. Uh, everything was, was done with my two co-founders and I working hundred hour a week, seven days a week, no, no, no salary. And, uh, and, and what I should have done and it, and it actually almost tanked the company. What I should have done was a year, maybe two years in, once I started getting a little bit of uh, 80-20 Pareto principle knowledge on these things, I should have started forming up teams around me and my co-founders so we could move quicker. Because then I, could, I had some acumen in which to, to delegate. And uh, that cost us three, four years. It almost cost us the company. And luckily, we, we course corrected year four or five, but, but uh, it could have been a dire, dire mistake, but luckily we were able to pull out of it. Amazing. Brian, what about books, tools, and resources that you've read or consumed over the years that you recommend to other CEOs and entrepreneurs today? You know, I think uh, as a business owner, you're doing three things at once at all times. You're working in the business, you're working on the business, and everybody knows that. That's that's the e-myth by Michael Gerber. But there's a third thing that doesn't get talked a lot about, and that's you're working on yourself. I think every business reaches the choke point of the founder and their skills. And so you as the founder always have to be leveling up and you have to make time uh, once a, you know, one day a week, one afternoon a week to, to read, read books, listen to podcasts, go to YouTube University. So for me, like the books I'm reading are, are usually block and tackling for whatever it is I'm trying to, to solve in the business at that point. I just read a great book by a guy named Andrew Chin, um, and, he, and the book is called the, the Cold Start Problem. And, and that book is about marketplaces like mine where there's a chicken and egg problem and getting both people into the, into the, to, to, to the platform at the same time. And so I think the deeper you can go in terms of people who have solved problems that you're trying, trying to solve, the better. And if you're doing it right, I think that uh, nobody should really like these shouldn't be household names. Like like you, like you should be like reading a book by an author nobody's heard of because it's so niche to what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, once you've reached that, then then you're then I think you're on the right track. Yeah, awesome stuff. Well, Brian, uh, thank you for being on the show. That does conclude your time in the hot seat. Uh, congrats, genuinely, congrats on building such a great company. Uh, to the scale that you have with such a simple thing. And obviously, you know, you've done a great job at that. So uh, yeah, wishing you and the team at Greenpa all the very best for the future. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Anytime. Everybody else will see you again soon. Ciao.